The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. So let's just pray together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before your throne to give worship and adoration to you. We come to seek your face. We come to call upon your name. You are the one that our hearts need. You are the one, oh God, that we desire to connect with. So we pray for fellowship with you. We ask, Holy Spirit, have mercy. Have mercy upon us. Do not treat us as our sin would deserve, but have mercy and grace. Flood our lives afresh with the knowledge of who you are. Cause us to come close to you. Open the eyes of our hearts that we may gaze upon you. Let faith arise within us. Lord God Almighty, we call upon you for your grace to flood this place today. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, as you can see, not only a new year, but we're starting a new series, and they're building a house of prayer. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at this subject. In the, in, oh, a little bit of echo there. In the scriptures, in Isaiah, it says this. These I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So back in Isaiah, God had declared that his house, his temple, and we are the people who are part of this temple, the building, if you like, the bricks that come together for this temple. This place is to be called a house of prayer. And then that particular scripture was underlined again. If you remember the story when Jesus went into the temple in Jerusalem, and when he went into the outer courtyards there, there was lots of people changing money, buying and selling of sheep and all sorts of things like that. Because if you, in case you didn't know, I should say, the reason all of that was going on was A, that the temple had a certain coinage, so it was like a foreign exchange bureau that they were running there. B, people didn't want to carry all of their sheep and things for sacrifices if they were traveling from long distances. So they had a new system. You can exchange money, buy a sheep, and then it makes it easier. So it's like in that day, they were just trying to make life easier. But all of that activity was taking over the focus of what was really supposed to be happening. So people were getting busy. You know what it's like when you go to an airport or something, you think, oh, I've got the right money. with. Where am I going? Do I need to get euros or dollars or whatever it is where you're going to? And people are changing money up and it's busy and everything's coming and going. It was like that in the temple. And Jesus came along and started clearing everybody out because he said, like, listen, this place is not supposed to be full of this. Why? This place, my house, it has been said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. And so Jesus was underlining that. And what we want to see is that the house of God, this place, our lives, are filled with prayer. Now, you know that I could carry on, and I've realized I do like talking about prayer because it is a subject that I enjoy. But I don't want to look at this in a way that makes us just think, yeah, 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 I, I know, okay, I know I should pray more. I know that. Because we can feel quite easily 
convicted or sometimes that conviction goes to a place where we feel slightly condemned. We feel as though I'm caught out. I know I should pray more. You know what? I know that myself. And I don't want us to come to that point because that's no help to us. What we need is encouragement. We need to see what prayer is about. We need to understand what it does. We need to understand the fellowship with God that we can receive through prayer because that is much more of an encouragement for us. So really all I want to underline at this stage is this, is that in the heart of God there is a passion, there is a desire that his house, his church, his people, amongst them there should be real prayer that's going on. There should be a burning desire for prayer. This house should be a place where prayer is happening all the time. Now I took took myself to our website and to the websites of many other churches in Bromley. Just to see this, you know, the church is supposed to be a house of prayer. How many churches actually announce whether they've really got many prayer meetings? Well, I'm not going to underline any particular one, but let me just say this. I only found one other website where they were talking about prayer, and I happen to know that that's probably not actually what's happening in that church either. So the truth is, if if Jesus was to come back and do a survey, I'm not sure that he would say, that it's quite the way it should be. And I think we know that. That's why I say, okay, let's just come to the point and say, what is our goal? Our goal is to say, this place, the place that we're connected to, and we want to see this happen in other places too. But let's take responsibility for ourselves. This place, our lives, need to be lives that are centred and building prayer so that we can say of this house, this is a house of prayer for all nations. It's a place where prayer is happening and that is a good goal for us to have as a church. Now I want to ask a simple question right at the beginning and that simple question is this, what is prayer? What is prayer? Because we must understand that and I know at this point we could go into a whole list of things. I could just preach a sermon with a list talking about what prayer is. But that doesn't really describe the essence. We want to understand, if you are going to pray, if you're even going to have an inclination towards that, what is prayer? What is the fundamental essence of prayer? I have said this, prayer is connection with God. It's relationship with God. That's the very essence that I believe is the answer to that question. What is prayer? It is connection with God. It is relationship with God. Now, you've seen my granddaughter, Isla, around, I'm sure. When I see her at home, I notice this with Isla. She goes around saying this. Mummy? 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 She's in the kitchen. She's in the hallway. She's in her bedroom. There's often, when she sees, Mummy? Mummy? There's this request going up to her mum. Now, that's because she's at an age where she can't do very much for herself. And so she constantly is looking to the one who is the supplier of her needs, her food. You know, we get the breakfast, lunch, dinner, all the time. Charlotte will tell you, Mummy, Mummy. Of course, Dan will tell you as well. I'm not going to leave you out, Dan. Daddy, Daddy. It's that's as well. She has got both words sorted out. But there's a constant cry. And what I'm saying to you is this. I notice with her there is a constant cry. I would declare to you that that, if you like, is her type of prayer. Because she's wanting connection with her mother and her father. Because she needs things. So she's making announcements. 
Now, we just think, oh, that's a child. But there's a simplicity. You see, there's one big difference with Isla than with ourselves. She is dependent. She can't do it. And because she can't do it, there needs to come a cry. Sometimes that cry isn't mummy. It's more like, eh! <laughs> it's an annoyance. It's a frustration. It's a, it's, a, it's a yelp for help. And prayer also needs to be that yelp for help from our hearts. Do You see, so often we are so independent. We can manage things so capably that we get on with life. And that independence breaks a spirit of prayer upon our lives. It hinders us. It, it causes a resistance in our hearts towards God, which he doesn't want. So when we're asking this question, this simple question, but nevertheless, a question, the answer of which we just want to take hold of in our hearts. What is prayer? Prayer essentially is connection with God. It is relationship with him. Now I'm going to tell you something that prayer isn't. Prayer is not faith, and yet prayer needs faith. Now, they're different things. Prayer is this building this relationship. Now, I'm not saying that prayer doesn't require faith, but I'm just saying it's not faith. It is a different activity. But faith is required. We have to have confidence in God if we are going to pray effectively. Listen to me here. Because this is a key point. We have to have confidence in God if we are going to pray effectively. Confidence in God is a faith in God. Confidence in God is like when you are anchored into him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith is an essential starting place for us. Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith. So faith is a key element for us to have. This faith, this belief in who God is. Our starting place must be with faith, that we are believing in him. Everyone who comes to him, it says, everyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. So when we're saying, let's go to prayer, everyone who comes to him, we are approaching him, we are desiring relationship with him, we want to connect with God, I'm coming to God, therefore it takes faith for me to do that. But you know what, we don't always get to that place of faith. We don't always stop and think about who God is. Sometimes we're just announcing our prayers and getting on with life. And that doesn't take us into a deeper relationship with him. Everyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. The starting place is very simple. It's simply believing that God is real and that he exists and that he can help us. And we can brush the, past that so easily, so quickly, and yet it holds so much vital truth for us. To have faith that is growing, it is necessary for us to be actively focused on God, to be actively trusting in him, believing on him. For us to be able to pray, for us to be able to come to him, we must believe that he exists and that he is able to help us. It means that we have to be anchored 
on him. Psalm 46 verse 10 says this, Be still. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. And it says that for a reason. Because it's actually saying to us, look, you need to have time to focus. You know, if there are issues that are arising in your life, things, that, pressures that come to us, and in one sense, though we dislike the pressures, we actually should be saying to God, thank God for the pressure. Because pressure causes you to realize you have need. I can't make it. I don't know the answer to this. My neighbors are kicking up a stink against me. How do I answer it? They have arguments against me. Stuff's going off at work. I don't know how to get this project done on time. I have financial issues. I can't meet this bill. All sorts of things that come against us. Relationships that go wrong. Difficulties that arise. Things that frustrate us. Things that seem outside of our control. Although we don't like them, praise God for them. Praise God for them. Because I need to become like a child. I need to understand, I need my Father. When I need Him, then I go to Him. When I think I don't need Him, guess what happens? I don't go to Him. Or I become shallow in my prayer. There's no real deep relationship. We all know that the thing that really touches our hearts is when somebody else opens their heart to us. I had that experience this morning. Sophie was just sharing with me that it's her birthday tomorrow. This is obviously something that's on her heart. She's telling me how old she's going to be. She's telling me the things that are exciting her. She's telling me that she's a bit frustrated that she's got to go to school tomorrow because it's her birthday. And, it's, and you know what? I'm listening to that and I'm thinking to myself, thank you. You're just opening your heart to me. Just sharing the things that mean something to you. And I could feel her excitement. I was getting excited and it wasn't my birthday, it was her birthday. I was thinking, like, yeah, why did you have to go to school? It'd be great to have a day off, wouldn't it? Let's decree that anybody who has a birthday, they don't have to go to school that day. All that, or they don't have to go to work. And we just want to enjoy things, and we want to enjoy life. But there's something simple, just so it's excitement of her heart, she's expressing to me the things that are on her heart. This is a little girl of six years old, just expressing, or five, six tomorrow. It's a big day tomorrow. Expressing the things that are on her heart. The things that really touch us is when somebody starts to open their hearts to us. And when somebody starts to open their heart to you, without you knowing it, something, there's a new depth that comes in relationship. You can't measure it. How do you even express it? I, I can't even put it into words. But there's something inside of you that makes you feel valued, it makes you feel wanted, it makes you feel connected, it makes you feel worthwhile, it makes you think this person trusts me, they've established relationship with me. You feel better through somebody else opening their heart to you. I'm telling the truth. We know this. You know what? Our hearts long for this. Are you listening to me? Our hearts long for this. How much more does our Father in heaven long for the opening of the hearts of his people. There's a desire within him that is saying, this is what I am looking for. And you know what happens when we start to open our hearts to him? He starts to open his heart to us. He starts to make connection with us. And I tell you, the connection of heaven upon our hearts breathes life to us. 
It causes us to come alive. It causes us to feel connected. It causes us to feel wanted. It does all of those things that you experience or you can experience having a coffee with somebody and talking at a deeper level. But let's just pull back from that deeper level. You know there's other quick conversations. How are you? Oh, yeah, you're fine. They didn't really know what I... You know how somebody says, how are you? And you answer. And there's, there's, there's politeness. There's politeness, but there's no real intimacy. Now... We understand everyday life, right? You're not going to stop, you know, get to the station tomorrow morning. There's a guy behind the counter. You don't need a season ticket. Many other people do. But you decide to open your heart to him. <laughs> probably not the right moment, is it? It's probably not the right moment. And the same thing could be said with various people. If you're getting a coffee at work, you know, it, you, there are moments. And there are other moments where it's just, hi, how you doing? Good weekend. You know, really, that means, I, I don't really care what you did, but I'm just saying Hello. <laughs> We all know those situations. But that's just a level. It's just a level. Prayer, prayer doesn't like that level. But it can happen on that level. And when it happens on that level, just as you in your heart, you don't really feel connected, you just had a, yeah, hi. So prayer can be like that. Does that satisfy you relationally? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't satisfy. But when you start opening your heart, when you start making a deeper connection, you find life. You find life comes from it. And this is what prayer is about. It's about bringing the life of God into our hearts and into our lives. For that, we need to become still. We need to be anchored. What I'm saying is, and what I have found, it's like we need to have an anchoring point. You know, this is not a very good example, but it's the, the nearest thing I'm going to do. Oh, I feel quite good about this, actually. No, no, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. If you've ever seen a massive marquee, when those things get put up, they put in marquee tent pegs, and they're not like the diddly little tent pegs that you put up for just like when you're camping at uh, Soul Survivor or something. This is like the big top of Soul Survivor, where they have a massive tent and they put in big, great big long stakes that are bashed into the ground so that the, the ropes that are holding the marquee together and holding the, the, the covering taut so that the rain keeps off, those sort of stakes you put into the ground and you anchor yourself, okay, now that is securing it. And they're long. Now, as I say, this is my example of that, which isn't very good. It's a microphone stand, but you understand what I mean, the type of thing that I'm talking about. Let's just take this off. That's what's necessary. And for us to be able to pray effectively, we need to be able to put an anchor in to God. We need to be able to say, this is who my God is. He is truth. He is a light. I can trust in him. Now, some people find it difficult to have faith. They say, like, faith, what, what is this? I, I don't know quite how to anchor my faith. I don't know quite. I want to believe in God as other people do, but I find it difficult to do so. Listen, it's as simple as this. You make a choice. You make a choice to believe. When it comes to prayer, 
something that Mark Daniels said when he was here at the call, which touched me because I found it very, very helpful. When it comes to prayer, there are three elements involved in prayer. There's you, there's God, and there's opposition. The enemy wants to oppose prayer because it is through connection, through relationship with God that God unveils his plans, unveils his purposes to our lives and helps us to follow his way. And so if anything can come against it to stop the connection that God wants to have with us so that he can guide us in his ways, then the enemy wants to cut it off right at the beginning, of, at the source. That's why prayer is contended for so much. I could talk to you for ages about the times that I felt as though I should pray but haven't prayed. Or about the times that I've gone to prayer and ended up thinking that was worthwhile. That was worth less, rather. I, there was no connection. It was just like the hi and the goodbye that we've been talking about, or how was your weekend type of conversation. It's just like that surface. But there are other times when I can talk and you have come to prayer and you find that there is a divine connection. Now that is worth it. That is worth it. Because it brings life. And you walk out of a time like that feeling big, feeling strengthened, feeling encouraged, increased, because you've had divine connection. And that is what I look forward to. To get to that place, I often have to start by saying, I need to anchor myself. Who is this God that I am coming to? Who is God? I need to put an anchor in. I've got to... Be still and know who he is. If we don't do this, we are blown. We are tossed around. And we become what James describes, just like a wave on the sea. It's not flat. You know, you, where is it going? It's, it's bouncing around all over the place. I can't, I can't get hold of it. There's nothing you can anchor on that, literally. An anchor falls straight through it. We want to be those that are steadfast and secure. And to be steadfast and secure, you've got to fix your eyes upon Jesus. And you've got to make some decisions in your mind. Who is this God that I am trusting in? Now, when we go to Scripture, Scripture actually says mankind has got no excuse because evidence for God is everywhere. But that isn't what our minds tend to tell us. Our minds tend to deceive us because when it comes to trying to anchor ourselves in God, when it comes to try to go towards prayer, having relationship, having connection with God, there becomes opposition. So you think like, but God, he's the one who's created all of this. I mean, look at everything around us. And if you take a, enough time to stop and look and study, even if you're given just uh, some flowers... You look at the color of the flowers, the makeup of the flowers, how the individual petals have different colors about them, or even different tones within the same petal. It's amazing. And you think, how does God do that? Now, as soon as you start to think, like, okay, you're getting yourself fixed upon God. You can see who God is. But sometimes those things are so easily snapped away from us. We need to focus our attention upon God. You need to go to the scriptures as well. The scripture says, doesn't it, man cannot live on bread only, but on every word. He needs to live on the word that comes from God, the living word, the word that is life. He needs the connection with God so that we may truly live. It's okay having food, and it might be okay having food that's only vegetables or something like that. Some, 
You've been on fasting this week? How's it been going? Have you got angry at all? Have you got frustrated at all? Have you dreamt about having a KFC or something like that? If you have, good. You're experiencing fasting. You're experiencing something within yourself that is saying, like, this is not normal. You're giving something up. Those are good things. To I know they don't feel good, but they're good things. They're part of it. And if you're carrying on, let me encourage you to carry on with that. It does help you, not necessarily right now, you might feel frustrated, but it is doing something in your spirit. When we are surrendering ourselves, when we are giving up something for God, He knows. Okay? Something that just came to me this morning. You know that God can speak every language and dialect in the whole world? As for me, I'm somewhat limited. In fact, when it comes to languages, extremely limited. We've got a multiplicity of different languages that we could actually hear spoken in this room this morning, but not those of all the world. He knows every language. He knows how to speak into every heart. He knows the name of every person on the planet. He knows where they live. He knows the purpose for their existence. He understands the plans he has for everyone. This is our God. And sometimes man not being able to live on bread only, he needs to live on the word of God. That is everything that comes from God, not only the scriptures, but what God speaks into our hearts. Because when we connect with God through prayer, he speaks into our hearts. He reminds us of scripture. He takes of the things of, of scripture and makes them more known to us. Understanding, bringing revelation to our hearts. That's what God can do to us. So one of the things that really helps us with prayer is reading the word. And we want to read the word. Let me just bring some scriptures to you because, oh no, okay. Because that does help us. I just want to say this. You know what I said about be still and know that I am God? Let me ask you a question at this point. Do you feel that you are anchored in God? Or do you feel that you keep drifting away? Now, no need to answer that absolutely. The truth is, we seek to be anchored in God, and there are things that come constantly to take us away. Okay, so if you're feeling, oh no, I do, I feel like I'm drifting away, I feel as though I've been away for a long time, okay, I understand that. But we want to get back to God. You know, Jesus asked a question of his disciples. He says, who do people say that I am? And they started to explain to him what the general tone of people was about who Jesus was. Some say that you're John the Baptist, some say that you're Elijah, and they're giving all these bits and pieces. So Jesus comes back and says, oh, okay, okay, thanks, I heard that. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Now Simon Peter answered him. And Simon Peter got this right. Simon Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, hey, hang on a second. That's been revealed to you. Now, it's a question that's worth asking ourselves. Ask yourself this question. Who do you say that he is? Who is he? Is he your Lord? Is he creator? Is he the light of the world? Is he truth? Who is he? But he's asking you that question because our answer really helps us here. If we want to be anchored on him, we need to know who he is. Who do you say that he is? Are you sitting here this morning and you're questioning, I'm not sure who he is. Alpha course, 
Let's, let's get on the Alpha course. Let's ask some of those questions. Let's find out more about it. If you're somebody that's drifting and you, you don't know how to anchor yourself in faith, I want to say to you this morning, make a decision. Think about all the views that you've ever seen. Think about the breadth of the ocean. Think about the stars. Think about the moon. Think about all of the things that are way beyond you and start to recognize there is a God. And just say, I'm going to believe in him. Simple as that. I'm going to believe in him. I choose to believe in him. Does that mean you know everything about him? Of course not. But you make a starting point choice to anchor yourself in him. What are, script what are scriptures or some scriptures that can help us with this? John. John, one of the uh, disciples, one of the apostles, uh, a wonderful man of God. And if you read in his gospel and in the letters, his language that he uses about Jesus is really helpful for us. So if we were to go to the gospel of John, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John's gospel, chapter 1, the first few verses. Let me read some of them to you. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it or has not understood it. So John was describing about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word of God. It is through the Word of God, it is through Jesus Christ, that all things have been created. This is what the Bible is telling us about God, so that we can have understanding. It says that he was there with him in the beginning. So before the world was created, there was God. If you go to the beginning of Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that also is trying to describe what it was like in the beginning. But it's telling us that God is there. God is, and then other things are made. God is. God is the foundation of everything. Everything that there is, he is the foundation of it. Man is arrogant, you know that? If you hadn't realized, did you know that it's only, I think it's 450, year, 450 years ago that Galileo worked out that Earth was a planet and there were other planets? 450 years ago. Now that's not really a very long time, is it? And without me going into everything that's happened since 450 years ago, but just to underline the fact that we are so arrogant, it's actually only 27 years ago that the Hubble Space a telescope was put up into the sky 27 years ago. And it's only because that telescope is now up and circling the earth that we can start to look beyond and find that although, and we know that we're in a galaxy called the Milky Way, but there are other galaxies. And the galaxies are made up of billions of stars and planets. Not just one or two, billions. So here we are in the Milky Way, and we are just a tiny part of all of this galaxy. And yet in the visible universe, I guess visible by things like the Hubble Space uh, Telescope, there are over 100 billion galaxies. Okay, this is just, this goes beyond our minds. It goes completely beyond our minds. 
And so it should. Because God is so much greater than we are. You know that when it comes to talking about astronomy, they don't talk in terms of feet and inches and things like that. They talk in terms of light years. Light travels at 186,000 miles a second. A second. 186,000 miles a second. Now, I've got to look at my notes because I can't remember it all. <laughs> yes. That means in one year, it can... The, the trouble is the numbers get too big. It travels 5.8... 5.8 trillion miles in one year. So 5.8 trillion miles, that's your measure for the universe. That's your starting point. The light year. It's quite long. 5.8 trillion. And the trouble is you think like, well, okay, I can understand a million and a, a thousand million is a billion. Okay, and a thousand billion is a trillion. It's just lots of noughts, folks. It's lots of noughts. But the nearest galaxy to our solar system and I said there was over 100 billion. This is not me making up. This is just, you can get this off Google. Just look at stuff and you can find out from Google from what the astronomers are telling us about the universe. The nearest solar system is 250,000 light years away. Now, I did some maths this morning. Okay. Now, and this is bizarre. I wish I could have it on the screen. That is one... 1,465 with 15 zeros behind it. Okay, 1,465, we can understand that. Then put another 15 zeros, and that's how many miles away it is. Now, here's what I worked out. If you were traveling in a car at 70 miles an hour, okay, I was on the motorway yesterday, I thought it was 70 miles an hour, so that, we know what that feels like. So if you were traveling in a car, 70 miles an hour, okay, it will take you 2,389 trillion years to get there. <sighs> Think how many stops you'd have to make on the way. <laughs> it's just completely ridiculous, isn't it? But what we want to understand is this, is that our God has created the heavens and the earth. He has created these things. This is the God that we want to anchor ourselves in. John talks about this God as being light who comes into the world. There are things that come against my life, circumstances that come into my relationships, and you feel it's like darkness that comes. It causes problems. So if we talk in terms of light and darkness, we do understand what that means. We understand when it seems to be dark. Arguments cause darkness. Disagreements cause darkness. A lack of hope brings darkness. You can't see the way. It's like darkness is coming against you. You feel like things are closing in. That's because it feels like darkness is coming against you. So we understand that terms. When the pressure comes, it's like darkness builds up. What does Jesus do? He is the light of the world. What does light do? It breaks darkness. It breaks darkness. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The entrance of your word brings light. This is what the scriptures tell us. So we're receiving the word of God. What does it do? It brings light to us. 
It brings light to us. Guys, do you want to come back up on stage? It brings light to us. Sorry, I could go on for a long while. And I've got slightly, in one sense, off track. But what I want to say to you is this. It's about us having an anchor. There has to be an anchor in your life. God needs to be that anchor. He is the source of all things. In a world when many people tell lies, don't you want to know what real truth is? Then you want to have something that you can lay hold of. So that is truth. Not in a world like today where things are changing and nobody really knows where to anchor themselves anymore. What? Who am I? What am I? What gender am I? Where do I fit? How am I supposed to belong? Who's right and who's wrong? Is there any truth? Yes, there is truth. And truth is found in connection with heaven. Sometimes we don't like the truth that is being brought to us because it says, no, 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 that's not the right way. That's not how you should behave. I want you to learn to do things my way. I want you to learn to love the way that I love you. I want you to change that attitude. And it, and it offends us and it confronts us because it's giving us something that we don't like, but nevertheless, there is something that we like about it. And that is that it is truth. And you know what? Truth remains. Truth is steadfast. I can hold on to truth and it doesn't let me go. I can be anchored to truth and it won't let me down. I can trust in truth and it will not destroy me but it builds me up. Truth is an anchor. Light is an anchor. And God is both light and he is truth. Jesus said of himself, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to God except through me. Who do you say that he is? Who is your anchor? If we're not looking to Jesus, if we're not anchored in something, there's no ability for us to put a foundation of prayer in our lives. You know what it talks about prayer? Prayer, the presence of prayer shows that we have a need of Him. And the absence of prayer shows that we don't think we need it. That's why we have to be anchored. Because when we get anchored, we understand, wow, I need Him. I need His truth. I need His light daily. In fact, as the days get darker, the need for light only increases. And when the days are getting more confusing, and when the laws of the land that are being raised up are supporting that confusion, and when as a Christian you're finding it more and more difficult to know exactly what to say and know what position to stand in, you need to have something that you can anchor yourself in because if the persecution is going to arise, I need to know who is the light. I need to know what is the truth because I'm going to hold on to that because he has said, do not fear. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. We can trust in him. Listen, when you build that, that anchor, when you build that stake in your lives, then prayer can start to begin. I know why I'm praying, because I'm trusting in this God. He is good all the time. What he may be looking at me is, he says, Jonathan, I want you to surrender more. So I'm going to bring difficulties to your life to cause that to happen. Does that mean you're going to enjoy them? No, I don't enjoy them. I don't enjoy pain. I don't enjoy difficulty. I don't enjoy difficult circumstances. But listen, if it means that I have to surrender to trust more in him, 
Because he says, I want you to trust more in me. I want faith. You know the commodity that God loves the most in his faith? Because it's pure. It's like gold to him. And he wants to refine us. He wants to take us through circumstances so that our faith that is worth more than gold, because it is more of a precious commodity than gold, he wants to refine us. Folks, what are you anchored on? What are you trusting in? What's shaking you? What's taking you away? What's causing your eyes to be moved away? Because I can guarantee you, everything that causes you to get away from that anchor will also be coming against your prayer life. It'll be hindering you. But we have a Father in heaven who loves us, who is calling us. And what does he say? He says, I want my house to be the house of prayer for all nations. I need my people to be connected to me. I need to let the affairs of heaven flow in their lives because I want to make them alive. I want to cause them to know my heart. I want to cause them to know my ways. Why don't you stand up together? As I said right at the beginning, I'm not preaching these messages to make anybody here feel like they're not praying and they're no good. We may have to face the issue of whether we are praying or not. That's what God wants to raise in our lives. But it's not like, oh, you are the odd one out. You are the one that's failed. Listen, we've all failed. What we're looking for is how do we make divine connection? How do we get established in the throne rooms of heaven so that the life of God flows into us to transform the world around us? Listen, when it comes to faith, Jesus says this, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will happen for you. When Jesus was dealing with the boy that was an epileptic and the disciples couldn't cast the demon out of him, the father said to Jesus, listen, Jesus, if you can help me. And Jesus just said, if, if I can, everything, everything is possible. Everything is possible for him who believes. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened. And John, the blessed disciple, he says this, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. He was anchored on him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for. That brings life to me. That brings strength to me. I want you to know that God is interested in you. And he's interested in raising you to be a pillar of prayer in his house because he delights in you. You are not an accident. You are here, even this morning, for purpose that he would speak into your life because he wants to bring new things to you. 
You might be looking at your life and seeing the sin and the stuff that you hate about your life. Listen, would you please look away from that and would you look to Jesus, the pioneer and the author of your faith, the one who is able to help you, the one who is able to strengthen you, the one who is able to make you more than an overcomer, the one who can raise you up, the one who has given his life for you, that you may have life here upon this earth. And that wherever you go, in your family, wherever your problems are, that life will come to you in the midst of those places to cause you to be more than a conqueror there. Because he has called us as a people to go into other people's homes, whether we're builders and decorators, whether we're working in, on building sites, whether we're working in architects' offices, whether we're working in banks, whether we're working in schools, wherever we are working, he is sending us to be lights into those places. You are the light of the world. Don't keep putting yourself under a bushel. Let your light shine because God wants to do a work in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we cry out to heaven this morning and we are asking, Lord, that you would put a spirit of prayer upon us, Lord. Every person in this room, will you put, oh God, a fresh anointing of the spirit of prayer upon our lives. Prayer, oh God, that anchors itself in the knowledge of who you are. Help us, oh God, to rise up and to lay hold of you. Help us, oh God, to be strong in you. Help us, oh God, to remain and abide in you. We are looking to you, our God, that you would strengthen our hearts, Lord. We are fed up with the ways of this world. We're fed up with the cynicism of this world, the sickness of this world, the darkness of this world, the deceit of this world. We want to have the life of heaven that comes to us. Father, we are seeking your face. We are calling upon your name. Let the glory of your presence abide upon us. We desperately need you, oh God. So let your glory come over us. Let your glory come over us, oh God. Father, let the light of Christ rise up in our lives. Help each one of us, Lord, to know stillness in our hearts so that we may come to you. Jesus, you who are the light of the world, I pray that you would shine upon every life here and let every heart Know the indwelling of your presence. That you would bring the release from captivity to our hearts, Lord. You break the spirit of fear that rules over us. Father, we thank you that your perfect love helps us overcome the fear that comes in our hearts. Father, we reject fear in the name of Jesus. We reject fear, Lord, in Jesus' name. We refuse not to believe in you, Lord. We come to you to hold on to you, Lord. Every thought that comes against that, we reject in the name of Jesus. And we lay hold of you. Father, we thank you. We bless you. And we pray, Lord, do a deep work in us. Even this moment, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.